Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show today. We are going to continue our discussion on goal setting and give you a few tips and tricks on how you can make 2020 your best year yet by achieving some goals and we're also going to discuss a few alternatives to goal setting if this whole goal setting discussion makes you sigh and think oh here we go another year more new year's resolutions more goals uh we might give you a few few ideas on ways you can still achieve some really cool things this year without feeling the pressure to write down a big list of goals yeah, because there is a balance there, isn't there? Of like goal setting should be a positive experience. Yeah. And and working to achieve those goals should be a positive experience. I mean, apart from the hard work involved, but <laughs> yeah, it should overall be a positive experience. And so yeah, if it if it doesn't light you up, then yeah, we'll have a little bit of a chat later about uh, other methods that might appeal to you a little bit more if you're a little bit more like me. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think with goal setting, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. So you've got to play around with it, try and work out what works for you. And if you find a method that that you like, then then stick with it. So Yeah, and if you never do, just keep trying all the different ones. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Just keep slogging away. Um, So last week we talked about getting invested in the why of your goals. Once you've figured out, you know, what you want to achieve, and you ask yourself why that is, and also, you know, the impact if you don't achieve it. Once you've understood the why and you've got really clear and you think, yes, this is a priority, this is, you know, what I want to achieve for 2020, the next thing to ask yourself is what might be standing in the way of that? What hurdles do you have to overcome? So last week we used the idea of starting your own business and if you're looking at the hurdles that might be standing in the way of that what's going to get in the way of me achieving that goal and it might help to write them down or maybe you just want to think about them maybe you want to have a chat with someone about about what these hurdles are to kind of get them from you know out of your head stop rattling around in there so starting your own business it might be to start ignoring the people that doubt your ability to achieve you know there might be naysayers out there that say oh look that's too lofty you're too busy Mm -hmm. you've got too much on your plate that's never going to happen and you know that's a hurdle that's something you've got to overcome and possibly overcome regularly so being aware that that's a hurdle and that that's something you're going to butt up against as you go Mm -hmm. about it is half the battle I think because if you recognize that that might happen when it comes you can say "Mm mm-hmm that's that hurdle and you know now yeah I see it I recognize it and now I'm not going to figure out a way to deal with yeah. it yeah if you if you're prepared for these hurdles they're not going to blindside you as much mm. you know one of the things as well when when starting your own business uh, and actually for a lot of goals is fatigue and being tired and if you're aware that fatigue is possibly going to be something that is a hurdle you're going to overachieve it's not going to blindside you when it does pop up I mean it's still going to be it's still going to be something you kind of have to over that you're going to have to work through, but it's not going to be as big a surprise if you've worked through the possibilities of it beforehand. Yeah, and you might be able to take that one step further and go, well, what gives me energy? Where do I? When do I feel energized? I feel really energized in the morning before everyone else gets up. When the house is tired, 
house time. <laughs> what am I saying? You might think, I feel really energized in the morning when the house is quiet, everyone else in that house is still asleep, the kids are still in bed, I've got heaps of energy. Um, so, you know, maybe you identify that. If I'm going to feel fatigued through this process trying to achieve my goal, you know, one of the times when I feel energized is early in the morning. Can I harness that to, you know, make some strides in the right direction at that time? Another hurdle might just be about focus, staying focused on the outcome. And that's where if you've got the list of why, why it's important to you and why you want to achieve it, when you feel like you're losing focus, come back to that, read through that, have a think about it, talk to someone about why this is important to you because it should, you know, refocus you and re-energise you to keep going. So we have written our goals and we've used the SMARTER technique so that it's realistic and measurable and all of that. We've looked at our why, which has helped us understand why we're doing things and maybe cross some goals off our list and reinforce our our desire to do the ones we have chosen. We have looked at our hurdles. So what's the next step, Tara? I think you then need to start breaking your goal down into steps and tasks, actually figure out how you're going to achieve it. What exactly so we have to do some doing precisely you have to do yeah you can't just think (laughs) it into action uh you have to turn it into practice and sometimes now and I know that this won't appeal to you but you have to get into the detail (laughs) you have to kind of get into the nitty-gritty so if we go back to our example of starting the business what do you need to do and by when? So set yourself some timelines. So the first one might be you need to apply for an ABN, which is your, your business number in Australia if you're starting your business here. You want to apply for that by January 30. That your next step might be to register your business name and secure a website address by the middle of February. Then you might want to create your own website by the end of March start promoting your business via Facebook by the end of the financial year and then quit your full-time job that you've been doing in the meantime by the beginning of August to start working in your business part-time. You know, so it might be like break it down into like little chunks and the thing is it's... They're milestones, aren't they? Like setting little milestones. Yeah, and it's that whole thing and it's, you know, it's not really that much different from people that decide they want to declutter their whole house and they look around and go, oh, I don't know where to start. Just break it down into bite-sized chunks, things that you can do. So it might you might start with your bookshelf, then you might work on your study, then you might do your bathroom cabinets and then you go to your kitchen and then, you, you know, like you can't look at it as a whole because it just gets so overwhelming. So once you've figured out your goal, chop it up into little bits and be really precise, really detailed about what you've got to get done and by when. And it's that whole thing about just putting one foot in front of the other and keep coming up with tasks, keep committing to them and keep moving in the right direction. And that's good for people like me who can get a bit scatty and try and do like try and start four or five different little parts of a goal all at once. Mm -hmm. So having those little milestones with the dates is really good because I can be like, no, I'm not, I can't get myself playing on Facebook because I have to get the ABN first because that's the thing I have to focus on first and then I have to focus on the next thing. So, and that stops me from playing with the most fun bits at the beginning <laughs> yeah. and um, neglecting the important bits. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, I can, when it comes to the business thing, I can completely relate to that because I spent so long 
playing around with my website when I really didn't even know what I was selling yet. You know, like I was like, yeah. oh, pretty fonts and colours <laughs> and, and it's like, hang on, go back to my goals about starting my business. Right, figure out your product, figure out your service, figure out your price point, you know, like all these little yeah. And they're, the thing is they're tedious. But if you've got that long-term goal, insight and you've worked out you know and taken it back and it's really about it's like the 10 year down to the one year it's then taking your one year goal and breaking it into either monthly chunks which feed into weekly chunks and the nice part about those little milestones as well is you can celebrate your success along the way so you might not hit your goal at the end of the year but you might have hit six of your milestones which is still you know a great effort and a lot further than you were when you started um so you know you're kind of building those little rewards along the way for yourself yeah exactly so you mentioned last time Beck, about how the smart acronym for goals for goal setting sometimes has an a on the end which is for accountability or having an accountability partner and i think this is critical and this is essentially you know what a life coach kind of does they end up being your accountability partner they help you set your goals and you know people that ask me what a life coach is I'm like it's like a personal trainer for your life because you know Mm. most when you think about fitness most of us know what we have to do or what you know the experts say we should be doing to get fitter and stronger you can google it you can look it up yourself but the people that find real success are usually people that have a personal trainer Because there's someone outside of themselves to be accountable to and there's someone that won't buy your rubbish justifications Mm. for why you didn't do something. And so when you feel, it's like when you have a running partner, if you go, oh, I can't be bothered running this morning, you will just let yourself off the hook. But if you know that your friend will be standing at the front of your house, I can't let her down, so I have to go. And it's that idea of, um, yeah, being accountable, showing up for someone else, you're more likely to follow through. Um, so, and they'll and they'll push you outside your comfort zone mm-hmm. as well. You know, just just enough so that you know you you are more likely to to achieve these goals because um, they're just giving you that. And they're also accountability partners believe in you as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that that real positive thing of you know like where I'm here I'm cheering you on I'm pushing you but I'm also on your side and I really want you to achieve and having somebody there that you know believes that you can do it can be a real motivator as well yeah yeah absolutely they challenge your doubt about because we all have that niggly self-doubt especially when it comes to achieving something big so for someone to challenge us on our doubt is is really powerful and there's, there's been, you know, studies on this. I know one, the American Society of Training and Development did a study about accountability partners, and they say having one increases the chance of completing a task by 65%, but overall mm. increases the chance of success by 95%. Like, phenomenal. That's wow. huge. You kind of almost yeah. be mad not to, not to do it. it. <laughs> it's almost like an essential, yeah. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. And I see that with with my clients, that that whole relieving the doubt sort of thing. Sometimes when I go and visit a client in their home and 
we talk about the project and then I say to them quite honestly, this is totally doable. I am absolutely sure that you can do this and, you know, I'll help you along the way and we'll figure out what it is you need to do. But I, this is totally doable. You know, I've seen this before. I've seen it done before. I know you can do this. And the look on their faces is it just shows that they needed they kind of know that themselves, but getting somebody else to to tell them this is doable, like you can do it, uh, it just takes that doubt away for them, and and they're so relieved and encouraged by by that um, that they I can just see like a weight lift off their shoulders as I as I watch them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, and because that's the thing, it doesn't always have to be a you know a paid person. You know, some it's usually better to be someone outside of your immediate family. So rather than having your accountability partner as your spouse, because you probably, <laughs> I was going to say, you probably don't feel so bad if you let them down. That sounds terrible. But yeah, I was going to say, you're either going to fight with them over it or they're going to enable you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you don't really want either of those things. Yeah, so, so it's, it's quite good to take someone a little, like an extra step away from your immediate circumstances. But it doesn't have to be a paid person. It could be a friend. It could be a mentor at work. It could be someone else in the same position. And I know mm, a peer. Yeah, yeah, I had a um, girl this year. Uh, no, I had a girl at the beginning of last year. <laughs> now that we're in twenty twenty, still getting my head around that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we were both uh, still developing our businesses, and we we've got mutual friends, and we were at a coffee morning early in the year. And the two of us kind of ended up at one end of the table just talking, oh, yeah, and, oh, you know, Facebook and social media, blah, 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 and, you know, talking about business profiles and whether it's worth the effort to do this and that and the other. And I thought, gosh, this is so antisocial. But both of us were in the same position about building business, generating exposure, networking. Like I had the same gripes and the same questions. And I said to her, why don't, why don't we get together outside of this, catch up with all of our other friends, and talk about this stuff and let's be each other's accountability partners. So for the rest of the year, we would have a coffee in the first couple of days of the month and set our intentions for the month, our goals for the month, and give a copy to each other. And then we would review at the what we had set for last month and why we did or didn't achieve them. And then the first couple of months, it was like, oh, really? Oh, you didn't get to that. Why not? And we, you know, question each other. Well, you know, you've got to try this month to work a bit harder on that or whatever. But then we worked out, actually, if there was some kind of punishment, we were more likely to follow through. So then after a few months of us slipping by and not fully achieving every monthly goal, we said, right, the deal is if you don't, if you can't tick off every one of those goals by the end of the month, you have to come up with, with my social media strategy for next month for my business because <laughs> the nice part is we're both kind of each other's ideal clients and so I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, I hate writing a social media strategy. I'm so ad hoc about all of that. So I'm like, I'd really love to pay someone to do it, but I'm not prepared to at this point. So I'm like, you could do that. If you don't meet your goals, you write my social media media strategy. If <laughs> if I don't meet my goals, I'll do yours. And so that, and then that was it. The rest of the year we kept meeting every one of our <laughs> monthly goals because we just didn't want the extra work from the other person. So um, yeah, but it's a great idea. It was great, and it was like it wasn't paid. I mean, you can get business coaches if it's a business thing. You can get personal trainers, but sometimes finding someone else who is on the same path, trying to achieve the same things, having that person mm-hmm. and building in some some boundaries and some limitations around it, 
is it is enough is enough to start out with anyway so the the other thing actually yeah the other thing about um accountability partners if you're not sure who to turn to or you can't think of someone in your environment that you can use there's actually some really cool apps and groups out there in social media world um, that you can do this with so on Facebook you could you know find a, a weight loss group or a training for my first half marathon group or you know starting my business group or you know whatever and be accountable to people in there there's another site called habit group which you can go on to and find people with similar habits or similar goals and connect with them through there and keep each other motivated and accountable. And there's one called STIC as well, which is S-T-I-double-K. And so the idea with these is that you make your goal public and then you feel accountable mm. to the other people in the group as well and uh, you hold the other people in the group accountable for their goals. So if you feel like you need to reach out into the web to find some support, then that's there as well. Awesome. So one thing about goal setting, like we said, is celebrating your successes because goals are usually big and lofty. That's why they're goals. If they were just little tasks, you'd probably achieve them and you wouldn't bother writing them down and thinking about them so deeply. So if you've got a goal, work out those lines in the sand where you're going to celebrate your progress. Maybe you create a reward system for yourself um you I don't know maybe you book yourself in for a massage every month when you achieve that milestone or you feel like you've progressed a certain way down the path otherwise you know if you've those accountability partners build in some celebration (laughs) tactics or times um around your goals so that you you kind of keep your energy up around it and you keep motivated because otherwise it can feel like a long dry stretch trying to get you know, get through all the hustle and slog to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. I really like your idea of looking at things before you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not a reader, you could put a note on your nightstand or under your pillow or something like that and read it before going to sleep every night. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your subconscious can do some of the work, some of the thinking while you're sleeping, you know, seeing those things, you know, Mm. at the end of the day before you go to sleep, you might wake up in the morning with a bit of a fresh take on how you could attack it. Yeah. It's funny how we do process things at night. That's that's really interesting. I don't think we give our subconscious enough credit. You know, quite often when we Mm. have a problem and we just go, right, I'm not going to deal with that right now. And then we come back to and go, oh, yeah, solution, got that. Why couldn't I think of that earlier? Or, you know, yeah. even like, you know, when you can't think of an actor's name or the title of a movie or a song or something, and then it's always three mm. in the morning, you sit up in bed and you go, it was Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's who played the character. And, you know, you're like, now I've got no one to tell. <laughs> but I finally figured it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you can do that, do that with your goals as well. And I think as well, you know, we've talked about reverse engineering and breaking them down. Just look at it like eating an elephant. I hate using this analogy because, you know, I'm not big. There's poor elephants. Yeah, I'm not a big meat eater anyway. So the (laughs) idea of this is kind of grosses me out. But it's that whole idea of it's a massive thing. You wouldn't just take a knife and fork to an elephant. You would (laughs) cut it into bite-sized chunks. It's really appalling, isn't it? I need to find it. Oh. Watermelon. 
Watermelon. Oh, I could almost just Watermelon's take a knife and fork to a watermelon though. <laughs> but that's the idea, like break it down, break it down, break it down to its smallest component so that you feel like you're getting some traction um, and review them regularly. And, if you know, if you feel like you get halfway through the year and that goal isn't a priority anymore because things have changed and shifted, don't feel bad about, you know, deciding to change your goal, change your destination or your endpoint. You know, keep revisiting it and mm. uh, make it work. Yeah. Sometimes letting go of things is just as powerful as finishing mm. them. Absolutely. And what did Marie Kondo say about sometimes the lesson of the book that you never read? Yeah, is that you weren't meant to read it yes. or it wasn't, it wasn't meant, meant to be you. read or something mm. like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I want to hear about some anti-goal setting ideas. So for people that have you know, bed with yeah. us for how many minutes we've talked already about goals and want to go, okay, but that, I don't want to, I don't want any of that. I want to, I want to get there without writing my goals down. What What are we going to do that? What are some of the ways we could do that? Well, first I just want to just talk about a couple of the limitations or the negatives of, of goal setting that some people have talked about. So uh, I've sort of done various research on this and there's been a few bloggers I've followed who have talked about the sort of the anti-goal thing. Uh, But overall it can be seen as limiting and, you know, it doesn't allow for a great deal of flexibility that that if certain personalities can become obsessive Mm -hmm. and try to control some things that can't be controlled and just take things a little bit too far. Goal setting can also ignore some intangibles, uh, some of those, you know, the little pleasures in life that you you can that you, that come out of flexibility and spontaneity. And it doesn't always work for all personality types. And, and we've discussed this about how it's not that great for me, given that I'm not overly detail orientated, given that I have a poor memory, I forget to go and check on my goals and all that kind of stuff. And then if it, doesn't really suit your personality you can then feel like a bit of a failure you know Mm -hmm. like oh I'm you know I'm so slack I can't even you know I can't even finish one goal for the year or I get you know three months in and I've forgotten what my goal is and all that kind of stuff so you can feel like a bit of a failure but there are ways that you can achieve the things that you want to achieve without necessarily going through that whole goal setting thing and I think we talked about this last year and one of the methods that I have used is setting a theme And that theme then applies to, you know, throughout the year as you're choosing how to spend your time, you use that theme as your filter. You know, is is this particular activity that I'm about to engage in and and that is about to take up my time and energy, is it part of the theme that I want to to, um, have for the year? And if it's not part of the theme, then you rethink that activity. Uh, If it is part of the theme, then it gets the green light. So that could be another way of it's sort of like, you know, you, you have an idea of what you want to do and you know in your gut, what it is that you want to do so that there's your motivator and there's your general idea of how you want to go but that having that theme just gives you a little bit of uh, a light along the path uh, and you're not completely flying blind and you're not going to accidentally derail yourself um, with something that looks really exciting and shiny but may not actually have the the intended result at the at the end of the year can you give us some examples of what themes might be yeah, so 
I've some themes that people have had in the past are um, intentionality, mm-hmm. so being intentional, uh, mindful. Um, some people have said family is their theme, mm-hmm. and so every time they go to spend some time on something, they're asking themselves, "Does this fit with my family theme? Is this something that is good for the family and is good for the unit and good for my relationships with the family?" Uh, other themes could be curating what comes into your body. So um, it might be something like um, the theme might be goodness, you know, a good, goodness only or bringing in goodness. And so the, all the things that come into your life, you try and bring in things that are good for you mm-hmm. and try not to bring in the things that are not necessarily good for you in the long term. Um, what could some other ones be? Connection, growth, learning, breaking outside your comfort zone. Uh, and you can name the themes whatever you, you like, but those are the kinds of themes that I'm talking about where you can you grasp onto this idea that you want to apply to all of the little decisions and, that you make in the year and the, the activities that you undertake in the year. Uh, does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really like that. Would you, if you had a theme then, because this is the way my brain works, <laughs> I was going to say, would you would you write it down or would you just be really conscious that that's your theme like how do you remind yourself how do you bring yourself well, back to it you could be you could be like me and just you know pretend that you're going to remember it and then don't <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you could have some visual reminders so you know like the post-its that you were talking about reminding you of your goals you could have a post-it that reminds you of a theme uh-huh. you could have a picture up on your wall that reminds you of the theme you could have um yeah post-its around you could have a colour that reminds you of that you theme. You could have a song. Um, you could have a You could have a song have that reminds song. you of the theme. Exactly. You can have a theme song for the year. And you know, that can be that can be the one that reminds you of, of what it is that you're you're meant to be working on. It can be again, it could be a vision board. A vision board could remind you mm-hmm. of your theme because you can easily create a vision board of a theme. Um, that's not difficult to do at all. Uh, and that theme can be one word or it can be a whole sentence. It doesn't matter. You do it yourself. Uh, or that theme could not even have any words in it. The theme could just be about feelings mm-hmm. and, you know, and you can do the visual of those feelings as mm-hmm. well. So, um, you know, you're, you're might, you might have a theme of um, safety, you know, and feeling feeling safe because the word safety sounds a bit cut and dried, like, yeah locked doors (laughs) you know but there's a lot of more other things that make us feel safe apart from you know your house security there's there's the security in your relationships and then your job and Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things and financial security so uh you might need pictures to be able to give you the whole picture of of that theme Mm. i like that idea what what so what other alternatives are there (laughs) there there is one that's just do what you feel like doing (laughs) which is totally up my alley (laughs) But it can get really unproductive. But the thing is, you will find that sometimes you can just get great joy in pottering. Like those of you out there that are listening that like to potter, pottering is a great joy. And if you've never experienced pottering, I I recommend you give it a try. And I potter in my garden and I potter with my house plants. They're the things that I potter with and sometimes with housework as well um, where I don't decide to do any housework. I just wander around the house putting things in their homes and wiping things and just doing not things because I have to do it but just because I feel like doing it at the time. And I think that 
if you can apply, you know, you can achieve some of the things that you want to achieve through a pottering style, you can, you end up enjoying the moments more. And it's less about achieving things and it's more about enjoying the moment. It's more about mindfulness. And I think that one of the keys to happiness is, is that mindfulness and that living in the moment and the worries kind of disappear. When you're pottering in the garden, you're just thinking about, you know, finding as many grubs on your mint um, and picking them off as you can. And there's nothing else that can enter your mind except for finding that next grub. And it's just this immersion in um, doing something that is not difficult and it is something that you're finding pleasure in right at that time. And I think that you can apply that to the way you achieve things throughout the year as well. I don't know if this makes sense. I'm trying to find a better way to describe it because I haven't, there's no article I can point to this because this is sort of coming out of my own head, but I hope it's clear enough. Yeah, look, I, that- I think I think it's, it's really, it sounds really closely linked to mindfulness because, you know, mm. we talk about the importance of mindfulness, but listening to you say this, I'm like, oh, you're right, goal setting. And some of my big lofty goal setting exercises, 10 years, five years, three years, this year, month by month, it's so forward focused and future focused that you could technically spend a lot of time outside of your head, like not connected with the present Mm -hmm. moment because you are so focused on how to get to that future moment and achieving and success down the track that you forget to stop and smell the roses, that you forget to you know, feel the sensation mm. of the sun on your skin and all these things that we say help bring you joy, being mindful of the moment you're in. And so I think, yeah, this whole idea of just following your whim is probably a really mindful way to go about your day and your life. And if you can mm. achieve through that, that's great. Yeah, and I, there is probably, I mean, I could make a list of a dozen things that I could have achieved in the past 10 years but I didn't because I was pottering instead. But I also think about how content I am Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I I sort of think that perhaps because I don't, because I haven't pushed myself that I know that I'm okay where I am and I do have that contentment, but I can't be sure. I mean, I'm probably, my husband would probably say, well, if you had done those things in the past 10 years, then we would have more money and I'd be able to retire to you sooner. <laughs> but You'd but, be more you know, content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be more content then. Um, but at the same time, there, you know, there's a lot to be said for just enjoying the moment because you don't know what's going to happen in, in the future. Mm. You don't know if you're going to be here to enjoy uh, a retirement two years earlier and, and things like that. So, you know, being being content with what where you are right now I think is is you know, also just as important as setting future goals. Yeah, I, I really, I really like that. Another idea as an alternative is to use the kind of the bucket list technique and it's where you just put, instead of you putting things you want to achieve, you can, you can sort of do things I want to experience mm. because that can help as well, especially if you're the kind of person that is, is you know, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh, I'll just spend the day on Netflix when really you would have an awesome time if you decided to go canoeing or something like that. And 
if you had a list of, you know, these are the things I want to experience this year, you could then, you might be more motivated to, you know, jump outside your comfort zone uh, and tick a few things off your list and live in the moment a little bit more and and things like that. So having a bucket list could be an alternative to having goals as well. Yeah, I like that. And if you need a refresh, go watch the movie, The Bucket List, because it's so – I watched it again recently, and even though I've seen it a number of times, it just makes me want to get off the couch and go skydiving or something. Like it makes me think, what am I doing? Go, live, make the most of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the that my resistance to goals is that is that whole, like you were saying, it's just so future orientated and even though you are doing things in the now to to reach the future I think that that being so future orientated means you're not enjoying the things in the now and and um it it's something that we do tend to ignore a little bit as the is the the joy that we can find just in the in the moment yeah I reckon that there's got to be a balance there because I think for me personally if I feel like I am still pretty grounded and pretty present, but I think that I would look back with regret and I really want to avoid ever <laughs> feeling regret about anything. Yeah. But I think because I my, I guess I have my life bucket list of things I would like to achieve and experience and, and there definitely are achievements in there as well as just experiences and I feel like if I... Hmm. squandered opportunities because I didn't plan or focus or commit to, you know, a path to try and achieve these things that I might look back and regret. And the other thing which I guess kind of aligns nicely with everything that we're saying, be it a theme or an experience or, you know, a concrete goal is generally speaking we find more joy when we're on the journey, whether we get to the destination or not. So I think the the real problem lies when you feel like you are not on a journey of any sort, there's no growth, there's no potential, there's, you know, when you feel like you're kind of just either meandering aimlessly or treading water and you think, is, is it, and you're not comfortable yeah, with that because some people are comfortable with yeah. that. See, I'm quite comfortable meandering, but you're not. And so I think, yeah, if you know wh- where your comfort is and if you're not comfortable meandering, then having a path is really important. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and for me the, the joy is more in the journey than the achievement. By the time I've achieved it, well, that would be great, but it's, you mm. know, the the progress and the striving and all of that, that makes makes me feel like I'm living with purpose which then feeds into my joy because I enjoy my everyday because yeah. I feel like I have a I have a destination and I'm you know living with purpose but yeah I guess it's it's so um personal about how you feel about these things yeah it is isn't mm. it and I think um, hopefully those that have been listening today have have had some ideas that will suit their personality. So no matter which way you go and, you know, like I was saying about me, I'm sort of torn, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think, you know, it's it's nice to it's nice to have some goals or it's nice to to have some intentionality mm-hmm. about your life, but 
I'm also huge on the flexibility and and the being relaxed about, you know, whether or not you actually achieve those goals or not. So I'm sort of, I sort of fit somewhere in the middle, I, I think. But um, I think that, yeah, if it, people that are listening can find something that rings true to them, it, it will help them either set some goals or not set some goals uh, or do, yeah, do some ungoaling <laughs> or some goaling and, you know, feel comfortable with their choice. So good luck with your goal setting or your ungoal setting and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.